Could a New Zealander be about to solve one of the world's greatest mysteries, the existence of the Loch Ness Monster? Nessie, as she's often referred to. Talking about the legendary search for the Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster has been an international celebrity of sorts for hundreds of years. Yep, hundreds. The creature guarantees a front page feature if spotted at any point and has been the reason for millions of dollars being spent on everything from souvenirs to high-scale research of the Loch Ness. But it yeah. contains some... Scientific jewels and maybe a bit of monster pee, who knows? Countless movies. You want me to go find the Loch Ness monster? Is that what you're offering me? No. Promise me you can keep a secret. I'll not breathe a word. <laughs> References and songs with rappers like Snoop and Kendrick. I'm a Jeep with sponsors, Loch Ness Monster. All the way to Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Monster. But why do we care? Well, that's the easiest question to answer. We don't know if it's real or not. But given that you've, you've spent 25 years looking for it, is it time to give up and say that actually there isn't a Loch Ness Monster? But with so much talk, then surely it's real, right? I really want there to be a monster in the Loch Ness. I want there to be one. Well, sit down, shut up, and let's learn some things about the Loch Ness Monster. Maybe it's a Russian submarine. Hello, my name is Lucy and welcome to Learning Things, where I pick a topic that fascinates me and we learn some things about it. This is available as a YouTube video or a podcast, so pick your poison, but share it with your friends. Don't be selfish. The poison, I mean, just so we're clear. The Loch Ness Monster has plagued me for a little while, like it fascinates me. But in the way where it's like, ooh, weird. Anyway... But today we're going to go real deep. So I'm not too familiar with Scotland myself. I had to do a little bit of research. And by a little bit of research, and by a little bit of research, I mean no more than seven minutes. So here are some facts about Scotland to set the scene. So Scotland is the second largest country in the UK. Of how many countries? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Seven minutes of research, I told you. It has 790 islands, which I absolutely didn't know about Scotland. You could have put a gun to my head. Can I say gun in the first four minutes of a YouTube video? Unlikely. And then Edinburgh was actually the first city in the world to get its own fire brigade. Now you know. They also, like lots of countries and cultures, have a very long history of folklore. Now this folklore is still around today in the form of rock carvings, at least the folklore I'm talking about. So around the Loch Ness perhaps, there are rock carvings that were done 1,500 years ago. The native people of the area, I believe they were called the Picts, would carve rock and they carved like a whole fucking zoo by the sounds of it. They carved a bunch of different animals and it's really clear what every single one of these animals are, bar one. Now for my audio friends, it's a carving of something that looks to be like the head of a pterodactyl and the body of like a Doberman lying down on its side. So if that helps, I really hope it does. And for my video listeners, please rate my description below. It's really hard to say their name. The Picts. Picts. P-I-C-T-S. Say it out loud with me. Picts. Picts. It's like saying pictures, but without the, the ers. So they carved these stones, as I said, some 1,500 years ago. So automatically, we know that there's been some funky shit happening in the Loch Ness 
for some time. That much is clear. Now a little pop quiz before we move any further. What is a lock? No one? A lock is a Scottish term for a lake or a sea inlet. We just need to cover that before we move any further because otherwise it's just going to get confusing. Also, it's worth knowing because there's about a thousand locks in Scotland. Made that number up. Do not fact check me, please. Fact check me on these 790 islands though, that's for sure. I've got to get my numbers out here. I'm not going to read this off the bat. The Loch Ness is a freshwater lock, 37 kilometres long and 2.7 kilometres across. It is 226 metres down at its deepest with an average depth of 132 metres. And for context, the Great Pyramid of Giza is about 130 metres tall. So at its average, the Loch Ness is like about as deep as the Pyramid of Giza is tall. It's tall, it's big, come on. It's for dramatic effect, guys. You guys are meant to be going like, whoa, that's deep. It is 56 square kilometres of water. Now that is about half the size of Disney World or... My UK friends, it is four times as big as Heathrow Airport. So in 565 AD, when these Picts were running around and carving stone into various animals, um, the world was in a really weird place. Like Britain wasn't Britain, it was Britannia. And like the Romans, <laughs> the Romans had just left because it was like just after the fall of the Roman Empire. It was weird, yada, yada, yada. There's no education, there's widespread poverty, and uh, there's no court system, like zero. Like if you got accused of doing something, you would go through what was known as a trial by ordeal to determine whether or not you were guilty. Like you'd have to like hold a red hot iron in your hand and if your hands didn't heal within three days, then <laughs> jail. Or like walk along hot stones, same deal if your feet didn't heal. So like it's a spicy time and it's quite clear, actually, that there's no education around because, like, what the fuck do you mean if my hands didn't heal within three days of touching a red-hot iron that I'm guilty? Hmm? So this guy named St. Columba goes to Scotland, which sounds like a really awful Hallmark movie from, like, the early 2000s that never quite made it to film. It was, like, straight to DVD. And um, Scotland wasn't really Scotland at the time. It was made up of, like, four kingdoms and, like, there were no castles or anything. And I couldn't really find anything on this time period in Scotland, to be honest, in my seven minutes of research. Um, I did see, however, that they, they did eat a lot of birds. So do with that what you will. So he's visiting and he's staying in northern Scotland and he goes for a walk one day and he sees these two lads burying a body by the River Ness, which is, you know, part of the Loch Ness is where it like feeds in and it starts doing the inlet thing. You know what I mean. He's like, what are you doing, my brothers? And they were like, well, the guy was swimming in the lake and this water beast came up, grabbed him, took him underwater, took him for a ride, must have spat him out or something, I suppose, because they have his body and they're burying it. And St. Columbus is like, no cap. And they were like, no cap, St. I was born in 1997. I have absolutely zero right to the word cap. So St. Columbus sends in one of his boys and he's like, go on, just you know, swim from one end to the other. We'll see if anything happens, if this water beast is going to come to the party. Um, and it did. The water beast popped up when old mate was swimming from one end to the other. But St. Columbus had someone on his side, that man upstairs. So he held that cross 
at the Water Beast. And he said, I quote, go no further. Do not touch this man. Go back at once. And the beast pissed off. So we have our first documented sighting. Um, also to note, though, saints did tend to write a lot about sea monsters. Um, it wasn't a religious thing. It was just more of a fact that they were the only ones who actually knew how to read and or write. So we write a little story and then no one speaks of it in writing or documents a sighting. <laughs> God, I was so talented. Did you see how that rhymed? For 1,300 years. So we fast forward here a little bit to the 1800s and the 1800s, the world is honestly a completely different place to when St. Columbus helped blame a homicide on a seahorse. There's a little bit of education going around, which we love to see, except Queen Victoria, um, she's marrying her cousins. So it's, you know, but I actually, I suppose our royal family still does that today. Second cousins though, baby steps. The first game of Wimbledon was played in 1877, but six years before that match started in 1871, someone spots something coming out of the water in the Loch Ness, if that wasn't clear. So he said it resembled like a log or a capsized boat and it was churning and like moving the water and stuff. Um, but he actually didn't say anything publicly for 57 years. So that's not public knowledge yet. It's a secret between you and me. Don't tell anyone. A little more time goes by and another guy spots a uh, stubby-legged animal coming out of the water. Um, I've got speech marks because I don't want to be on record saying that. It's actually kind of rude. And he said it was like propelling itself across the surface. He also said it looks like a salamander. So we have like a consistent theme here. Whatever it is, it's slimy. We know that for sure. Fast forward 60 years and this couple are driving past the Loch Ness and they see this whale-like fish in the water and they go straight to the Inverness Courier which is like a local newspaper and it is still running today I'll have you know they did a hard-hitting piece on the new bins that are going to change the face of recycling in the Inverness. So the journalist drafts up the story and when the editor's coming around to proofread it he's like no 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 hold on hold on call it a monster and thus the Loch Ness monster was born in culture forever and ever. And then this story went crazy. Like it garnered international attention. It was a hit tweet, if you will. I will. I'll say it's a hit tweet. I just said it twice. How about you? Your turn now. And then there were like four more sightings in the next 12 months. So everyone was kind of like ramping up being like, no, 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 I saw it too. I actually saw it too. None of those four sightings or anything really to write home about. Just like blurry photographs of like, honestly, like, like a fucking stick in the water. Sorry. They have really nothing to write home about. This vet student said he almost hit the thing um, when he was riding on his motorcycle. And he's riding alongside the water and there's a road alongside the water and apparently it came out and like jumped across at him and he almost hit it. And, and because he's a vet student, he like very well understands the anatomy of a lot of different animals. So he goes home and he like tries to draw what he saw. And he drew something kind of like a plesiosaur-ish animal. And for those who don't know what a plesiosaur is, plesiosaur. Think of like a brontosaurus, like the long-necked dinosaurs, but with flippers. And that, you know, if you're thinking about it the right way, there's only so many ways you can imagine that scenario. Then that's exactly what a plesiosaur looks like. They're just kind of like flippy brontosauri underwater bitches, you know? Um, anyway, so he's drawn this thing and everyone's like, so that's an otter. Anyway, 
And he's like, but guys, no. And they were like, it's an otter anyway. So, you know, tough luck. So a year after the article was published in 1934, one of the most famous photographs ever was taken. Now, I want you to think of a single photo of the Loch Ness Monster. And you're probably thinking of the one I'm talking about. It's black and white. And it's like this little noodle thing just popping out of the water. Um, and it's, you know, it's an old photo, obviously. It's, it's the one everyone knows. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then this, I don't know how you've gotten this far in this episode, to be quite frank with you. I assumed most people listening would have some understanding of the Loch Ness Monster prior to clicking on this. Alas, I have been wrong before. I will be wrong again. Look up the photo. However, if you are one of my intelligent folks who know exactly what photo I'm talking about, then raise a glass to yourself. Because apparently it takes effort to know what that photo is. I'm creating beef with absolutely no one over here. So the guy that took the photo didn't want his name associated with the photo because he didn't want like all of the press surrounding it, um, which, you know, to be fair, it probably he probably was going to get hounded. Like this was in one of the worst years of the Great Depression, everyone was probably looking for any form of news that wasn't life is shared. Um, so they called it the surgeon's photo because he happened to be a surgeon. So for 60 years, we considered this to be like photographic evidence because it was like, cool, it, there it is. There's something funky in there. We've got it. Case closed. But it wasn't really case closed because no one else could get a photo of it. So naturally, haters, they're around. Watch out. Because the haters couldn't get a photo of it themselves, they started to question the validity of the surgeon's photograph. And it was working. The Sunday Telegraph first questioned the validity of the surgeon's photo in 1975. And then in 1999, 14 years later, did I just do the maths there? It's very impressive. Um, a book was released called Nessie, The Surgeon's Photo Exposed. To cut a long motherfucking story short, this guy named Wetherill, he was a reporter at the Daily Mail at the time, and it was in the thick of it when everyone was trying to, like, clamoring. Clamoring or clambering? Your hands are clammy. You clamor at something. Everyone was trying to get a photo of Nessie or, like, prove it was real. He spots these footsteps down by the water, and they looked like footprints that, that matched, you know, the description of Nessie. And he was like, holy fuck, it's real. And I see in my shop too. Rare Willy Wonka reference. So he goes back and he writes up this story to do with what he's seen, not realizing that it was a hoax, like someone had planted those footsteps there. And he got got, basically. And everyone at the office was like taking the piss out of him, basically. And they wouldn't let him live it down. Apparently, even his boss was giving him loads of shit for it. And he was sick of it. He was sick of it. So he wanted to get back at them. So he got his son-in-law to make like a little submarine. And then they got wood putty to make this Nessie head. And then they stuck the Nessie head on the submarine and kind of like floated it out in an area that they were in. It was kind of secluded. He gave a camera to his mate, who happened to be a surgeon, to take the photo. And also, like, fun fact, right when he took the photo, um, the water police were just, like, by some coincidence, patrolling that area where they were, like, secluded and taking this fucking dummy photo of the Loch Ness Monster. And so he, like, quickly, like, they shoved the thing underwater. And it's probably to this day at the bottom of the Loch Ness somewhere. But that is why it is called the surgeon's photograph. That's why he didn't want his name attached, because it was a fucking hoax. Sneaky bastard. So, confession here confession. 
Um, I thought it was real. I actually thought that photo was real. And that's part of the reason why I started doing this video in the first place, because I was like, what do you mean people don't know it's real? What do you mean people think it's a hoax? It's right there. It's in that photo. That's it. What do you want to know? And also, like, to be fair, they, they didn't have Photoshop back then, you know? Like, it was pretty hard to pull off a hoax of that kind of caliber. They didn't have Photoshop. They were filming, they took photos on fucking negatives. Like, they wouldn't know what it was going to, you hold a negative up to the light to get an idea of what it is. You still don't know what it's going to look like until you get it developed. You know, it would take days unless you had your own studio set up. So, yeah, sue me. I thought it was real. And I kind of still do. But enough about all this he said, she said. Um, what about the searches? Because, you know, when people say there's something there and no one else can work out if it's there or not, you're going to get people to go and look to see if it's there or not. It's as simple as that. You know, if someone says there's no milk in the fridge and you're like, I'm pretty sure there's milk in the fridge, you're going to look to see if there's milk in the fridge. And only until you go to the fridge to see if there's milk in the fridge will you be able to determine whether or not the fridge does indeed contain milk. It's really quite simple. So there were some searches and pretty much since that original article came out, there have been countless searches. And I mean countless. Everything from stationing men around the lock for weeks at a time, sonar reading, sonar photographs, divers, boats, every, like you name it, everything. In 1934, so when the photograph came out and a year after the original article, the technology wasn't really there to do much more than just station 20 men around the Loch Ness with binoculars and cameras from nine till five for like five weeks, something like that. Um, and it was a pretty big operation. Like they meant business and they got a pretty mean photo of a seal. It was impressive. In 1962, the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau, yes, you don't want to know how many times that took me, was funded for two years, um, basically to just look for it. Uh, it had like a thousand volunteers that were like separate from the actual bureau itself. People were just tagging along, trying to help. Um, and it was, it went on for 10 years and then it was shut down in 1972 because they didn't find anything. That's crazy. In 1987, this sonar expert named Daryl Lawrence, Lawrence, I'm not sure, sorry, Daz, so he donated a bunch of sonar equipment to this private organization called Operation Deep Scan. Next month, the argument could be settled once and for all when the biggest and most scientific exploration to date gets underway. Operation Deep Scan. 20 of the specially equipped boats will draw a sonar curtain along the lock's 22 miles. And unless Nessie has a secret hidey hole, she should show up on the computer. Operation Deep Scan was equipping 24 boats with sonar sounding equipment and basically going back and forth across the lock. What is sonar sounding or echo sounding? Bats use it, for example. Uh, so do fish, I believe. And it's when they send a high-pitched acoustic wave out in front of them to see if there's anything there. So, like, if there's something there, it's going to bounce or hit it and they can detect that because they're super, because they're creatures of the night because they are vampires and vampires have supersonic hearing everyone knows that so during this search you get this quote during the search they detected something of unusual size and length and daryl said there's something here that we don't understand and there's something here that's larger than a fish Ooh. 
So there are so many theories against the Loch Ness Monster. And like, let's co cover the obvious first. If there was a dinosaur or dinosaur-like creature living in the Loch Ness, wouldn't we know about it? Like, come on, technology these days. I was literally on TikTok the other day and I saw footage of the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Scientists managed to get down there and just like see what's going on. 7,000 meters down and you can't get to the bottom of the Pyramid of Giza? Do you know what I mean? Like, we'd know, surely. Many claim that Nessie is a form of surviving plesiosaur, which is obviously a dinosaur. But the problem with that is that if that were the case, where are the bones? Like, Nessie would have to have ancestors or friends, mayhaps. But since the 1970s, they've done scans. They can't find any, any on sonar scans. They can't find any evidence of bones on DNA stuff. They have never found a bone of any sort that would link it to a plesiosaur. Things like that, you know? It's like, it's, it's hard for them to prove it. This one's a little bit nerdy, but apparently the Loch Ness isn't big enough to house a fucking plesiosaur, which is crazy to me because there's 22 tons worth of fish in the Loch Ness. Don't ask me how I know that. But I found that out in my seven minutes of research, and that's a lot of fish, to me at least, and yet it's not enough for a plesiosaur. So Loch Ness is not a plesiosaur, or it is, it's just a very skinny legend one. And if it's a reptile, it's too cold for them to be there, allegedly. Paleontologists know them to like salt water, and the Loch Ness is indeed fresh water. And then the final thing, at least that I'm covering, is like back to the very beginning, that first story of the St. Columbus, if it was known to be aggressive, why was that the only attack? They were covering up a homicide. Sit on that. Okay, King Kong. This may seem off topic, but stay with me because this is fun. I think this is fun personally. I hope you do too. Um, so the original King Kong, not the Jack Black version, even though that one is fantastic. And God forbid you watch that 2017 version. That is awful. Ugh. My friend fell asleep in that movie. Shout out Emma. Mind you, she falls asleep in every movie. The point is, I almost fell asleep in it and I struggle to sleep at night. That movie was awful. I'm talking the original black and white King Kong. Now, this movie was huge at the time. It made $5.3 million in box office, which in today's numbers is like $133 million. And you've got to put into perspective the population difference at the time, like $133 million in box office these days is like Avengers will do that on a fucking Wednesday night. The population back then for $133 million worth of sales, that's crazy. People were fucking loving it. And in the movie, there's a scene where these bunch of men are in a boat around the water of Skull Island and this like brontosaurus-y thing comes out of the water and like gets all aggressive. What does that remind you of? You've, no, you've seriously got it. If you're on audio, you have to go look up this clip because it's it's like, it's so obvious that, it's, that it, it looks exactly like the Loch Ness Monster or like what we kind of depict it as or what we think it might look like. So I'm sure you're wondering like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, okay, it was based on the Loch Ness Monster. No, nay, nay, nay. King Kong came out in 1933, specifically four days before the sighting that was published in the Inverness Courier all those years ago. So the funny thing is that 
all of the other sightings around the same time, all of the people confirmed that they had also seen King Kong recently. Like, I'm not going to put ideas in your head, but maybe they were feeling inspired. Mayhaps. Second mayhaps in the video. This is incredible. So why are we still talking about this today? Like, Nessie isn't really referred to much as a conspiracy theory. Like, it's it's a respected theory that it could exist. It's only when you start looking into the actual, like, science of it and getting real nerdy that you're like, oh, there's, like, no way it's in there. Like, there's been so many searches, there's so much data, there's no DNA that's ever been... Fa- like, there's so many different factors that mean we should be putting this to bed. But we're not. <laughs> and I'm not helping. Well, in July of 2022, they found bones from a plesiosaur in this ancient Moroccan river, which was freshwater. So that was huge for scientists because it told them that plesiosaurs could have lived in freshwater. And so these scientists who found the bones from the University of Bath said that it allowed the existence of Nessie to be on one level plausible. We'll take it. We'll take it. And also people just keep looking for it. You know, like it's a huge tourist destination. And I think on one level, as humans, we just want something to believe in. You know, like for once, can we not just agree that there could be a funky little seahorse hiding in a big body of water? Is that too much to ask? What do I think? I think it absolutely did exist. I don't think it's there anymore. I think there was something in there. But but then again, maybe not. Like, humans are weird. We lie about the weirdest shit for attention. So, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was never real. Maybe none of it was real. The searcher's photo is real, though. I'll stand by that. Let's talk about eels for one second. I hate eels as well, trust me, but it's relevant. So these researchers from New Zealand tried to catalogue all the living things that could be in the Loch Ness or have been in the Loch Ness based on the DNA in water samples. And they were kind of trying to, like, cross-reference it with other animals that people think that the Loch Ness monster could be. So, for example, some people think it's like just a really big sturgeon, like a fish. Some people think it's a shark. Um, You know, there's a bunch of different things. But they couldn't find a single shred of DNA from a plesiosaur, a shark, or a sturgeon. But they did find a shit ton of eel DNA. And eels make sense, dare I say. They they measure between two inches and, what, 13 feet, I think? They're slippery bastards. Nessie always looks slippery, and eels are absolutely slippery. We can all agree on that. They're nocturnal, and they spend most of the day at the bottom of the sea floor, which would make sense as to why people very rarely see the Loch Ness Monster if it's an eel. They very rarely see it during the day because this fucking things to sleep you know like it's eels kind of makes sense and I there's there's a really strong part of me that I think it's the skeptic in me that like literally cannot ignore the facts anymore it pains me to say it but I, I, I think if people are seeing something in the Loch Ness that resembles an eel it's it's um yeah it's probably an eel I think it's an eel it's multiple eels but anyway Thank you very much for listening to Learning Ting's The Loch Ness Monster Edizione. Uh Please, please give me some feedback, some tips, suggestions on topics you would like me to cover. If you feel that I'm uncultured in a certain area and you'd like me to deep dive in it, or maybe you feeling 
you feeling? Maybe maybe it should be English. Maybe I should do learning things the English language. Cool. I will see you guys next time. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all the things. I think that's a wrap.